Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Now, in reference to the title of this video, we say no one, but come on, take me for example. I love everything and often have people screaming at me, you shouldn't have enjoyed that. Like it's a problem. You don't have to worry about me, I'm having a ball. Is there a reason though that on occasion you're going to get a main event act that a large portion of folk don't like? How could you not? Wrestling literally never ends, so not everything can be a success. So it is time to get controversial and see if you agree with these. Because I'm Simon from What Culture. Please hit that subscribe button. And this is 10 main event gimmicks that nobody liked. Number 10, Crazy Bob Backlund. This one has got better with age because Bob got more and more nuts. But there is a whole story here. Firstly, when Backlund returned to the WWF in the early 90s, everyone was baffled. He had been a superstar in his day, but it felt like the business had moved on, which can happen. The 1992 fans weren't really aware of his history either, which made it even weirder. And eventually, Vince McMahon decided to turn him heel in 1994. As well as that, he would be totally unhinged, snap during his matches, and refuse to let people out of the deadly chicken wing hole. Given he was Mr. Goody Two-Shoes in the 80s, that was quite the shift. It also turned out he was basically the Hulk, and when he calmed down, almost regretted what he'd done which apparently was enough to move him back to the top of the card. This resulted in a couple of matches with Bret Hart, and well, they weren't great. The gimmick didn't really click, and having Backlund defeat the Hitman for the WWE title in a submission match at the Survivor Series was not a good idea. Everyone soon realized this and backtracked quite quickly, but still. Number 9, Painmaker Chris Jericho I do not agree with this one. There you go, I said it. But a quick poll of a wider range of individuals seemed to suggest that while it's obvious Chris Jericho is a genius, his Painmaker gimmick hasn't really hit home for one specific reason. It is kind of just Jericho with face paint on. And sure, it is hard to argue that, but isn't that why wrestling is great? For Chris, wearing this makeup means he's going to be darker and more violent than he usually is, an idea which surely was based on what the great Muta used to do. I think the disconnect is that when it first emerged, it was merely a pun at Kazuchika Okada's expense in New Japan before they clashed at Dominion 2019. We have subsequently seen it against Darby Allen, Nick Cage, and Eddie Kingston, and I guess the majority would say there's been mixed results. It could just be that this was a reinvention too far as latter-day Jericho was already evolving into a successful brawler, but do not forget those Gage and Kingston matches. The latter divided opinion, and while the insane match against Nick wasn't to my taste, my word. You can't argue with the effort, it was crazy. So really, our modern-day wizard has smashed every gimmick he's ever done to such a degree, he is fighting against his own bar, and this one didn't hit the heights some are used to. Number 8, Supernatural Heel Edge. It could have worked. There was something in the air that suggested Edge was onto something when he cut his hair and set up the Judgment Day. 
But as can often happen in wrestling, it never clicked. I totally get why Adam Copeland did this too, because if you don't move forward, you find yourself left behind. But this version of the character soon became, oh, you fans suck and you hate me. That doesn't fly anymore. I didn't dislike Edge. I was a big fan. You have to imagine that everyone involved realized this was a swing and a miss, because look where we are now. He's already out the door, and the rated R Superstar Brood Edition has come back. I also think Edge has always been at his best when he's presented as a somewhat relatable dude, especially in 2022. The man fought back from a broken neck and 10 years in the wilderness i can't get mad at that damn hero number seven psycho killer steve austin and here we are again his transformation was so bonkers i couldn't help it i'm glad it happened i tell you who wasn't though everybody else as soon as the rattlesnake turned heel at wrestlemania 17 ratings flew downwards because it wasn't what the more casual fan wanted to see they would have been happy to have austin the everyman until the day they died beat up the boss give some stunners drink some beers go home in between all of this however there was a slight period where to try and get steve heat he would go off on quintessential babyfaces to the point he destroyed both jim ross and lita they weren't all that smart then and they're really not that good now and it was just more evidence that we'd made a mistake no one thought Austin was going to get booed, so we tried to turn it up a notch. The maddest bit was we fixed this before the Invasion pay-per-view, had an amazing return as a babyface, and then just put him back to being the villain. I don't know. Number six, Karrion Cross. Right. Take that round one of the main roster and throw it out the window. Nobody could have made that work. Karrion Cross had to wear a gimp mask. What was he meant to do? If we jump back to NXT, though, yeah. While I thought Cross was presented excellently and lived up to that billing, the truth is a large portion of the audience didn't want to see it. Given that he was brawling with the likes of Adam Cole, Finn Balor, and Johnny Gargano, fans would have preferred they were featured as strongly, and they made their feelings known. Cross was also fighting against the fact that he was the first WWE guy to find himself on NXT for a while. It was all very similar to how Vince McMahon would have booked somebody on Raw and SmackDown. That was probably the point. Triple H hoping when Karrion made the jump he'd be good to go nope all of this is irrelevant now as it's time to see if the experiment is going to work we are going to get carrion on mondays and fridays as his best self sink or swim i like it it's good to try Number five, Jinder Mahal, WWE champion. I will still stand by the fact if we had just built Mahal up a little bit, this wouldn't have been a problem. But instead, WWE broke the cardinal rule. They hindered Jinder. Because their plan was to literally let the man go from opening act to WWE champion in a week. Nobody could believe it when he hit Randy Orton with a colossus to win the title on SmackDown, especially as earlier in 2017, he had been destroyed by Big Cass. I have never seen a switch like it. Much like others in this list, we did give him the entrance and teamed him with the Singh brothers, but straight up, it is not what the WWE Universe wanted. I mean, how could it be? Fair play to Mahal, though, because no one can ever take this away from him. I mean, he got fired before he came back to become the world champion. That dude lived a dream. Number four, anti-establishment big show. As we all know, around this time, Daniel Bryan was becoming the most popular wrestler on air, fueled forward by the fact he was anti-establishment was like a super nice vegan Steve Austin. What the powers that be failed to understand was that it was these qualities why everyone loved him and not the fact he had a chant where he pointed his fingers to the sky and shouted, yes, that's right. They believed they could give this taunt to anyone and the success would be replicated. And as they didn't really want to push Brian, they took the whole thing and they gave it to the big show. Sheesh. It even saw the giant booked in the main event of the Survivor Series where he lost to Randy Orton. This was just silly. It was obvious what people wanted to see, and we had to dance this dance first. It wasn't Big Show's fault either. He was just doing his job, 
still. Number three, Constable Corbin. Nope, I won't have it. That's right, throwing my toys out the pram. Because for my money, Baron Corbin is like the consummate wrestling professional. No matter what he's been given, he's done his damnedest with it, including when he was the constable. Now, admittedly, making him wrestle in a shirt and trousers wasn't the best idea, and we did overuse the gimmick on both Raw and SmackDown, but what's he gonna do? Go to Vince and say, no, no, I want to be on TV, less. Never gonna happen. This was the issue, though. 2018 and 2019 were a toughish time for WWE, where they just couldn't figure out what they wanted to do. Corbin was at the center of all this, as he was told to go out there and just rile up the crowd over and over. But everybody has a shelf life. And don't act like he couldn't have injected personality into this, too, if he had more say, either. Two words. Sad Corbin. Bring it back. Number two, evil the double champion. Sometimes things just don't work. It was clear we were doing this for shock value, an attempt to spark life back into a product that was struggling. So we made evil the IWGP and Intercontinental Champions, and we did it using all the shenanigans in the wrestling book. You like run-ins? Come on down. All his matches were also really drawn out and then ended with nonsense. And after a while, it was just too much. It was hard enough that fans were only allowed to clap. And having a main event guy that wasn't setting the world on fire was just a mix no one needed. Number one, embrace the hate Kane. Because the whole story was just stupid. For some reason, Kane wanted John Cena to embrace the hate and went about doing some truly horrendous things to the point if Cena had gone crazy and killed him, we would have understood. It wouldn't have been someone embracing the hate would have just have been someone acting like a normal human being. The proof is in the numbers too, as Cena versus Kane at the 2012 Elimination Chamber pay-per-view did a not-so-hot 178,000 buys, which was meant to be bolstered by the fact they were having an ambulance match. The truth is, nobody thought John would lose again so soon after he had been defeated by The Rock, so this was just there. A safe pair of hands, as they say, somebody to beat. My struggle with it was that the best version of The Big Red Machine was 1997, and by this point, we were well past that. Glenn Jacobs has had an amazing career and got the most out of that character. But yeah, this stage, he was kind of just there doing his thing. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Want to know what it takes to make a million bucks? Check out My First Million. Every week we dive into different business opportunities and explain how to pounce on them. From one-man online operations to brick-and-mortar strategies, we cover it all. So whether it's your first million followers or dollars, start getting inspired with My First Million wherever you get your podcasts.